0: Well, come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap. Can we do that around here? Come on, let's worship him for one more moment. Lord, we worship you, Jesus. You're the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He who was and is and is to come. Come on, don't stop yet. Lord, we thank you that you're here. Lord, we look to the hills from whence comes our help. Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. Father, I thank you that you're here to help right now. Lord, you're helping marriages. You're helping people's mentalities. You're helping bodies and finances. Lord, you're helping young people rise up. I declare that help is here. Come on, somebody. Anybody need some help out there? Just lift a hand to heaven if you need help. Lord, I'm raising three kids. I got two churches a thousand miles apart. I'm a married man. I need help. Come on. Look at your neighbor and just tell them God's going to help you. Tell them that. God is going to help you. Supernatural. Hey, I want to prophesy for a moment before I start preaching. Spirit of God is here, and I want to prophesy to the young blonde lady there playing the keys. She's pretty as a picture, and uh, stretch your hands towards her. Let's, Let's prophesy to her. You know, Israel, young lady, Israel is located in a special place. God didn't just put Israel anywhere. There were two major trade routes that the whole world would go by. One was the king's highway, the other was the way of the sea. God put Israel right where Israel was so everybody would see Israel and know the glory of God. The Spirit of God says that He's going to position you much like He positioned Israel in life. He's going to put you in the perfect place at the perfect time. And he's, he's made you beautiful on the outside, but there's a beauty on the inside that's higher than the beauty even on the outside, and you're a beautiful, beautiful girl. And I'm telling you what, the world's going to look and the world's going to see and the world's going to say, surely God has done something supernatural in this person. And he won't just position you, but the Lord says, I'll position your family. The Lord says, I'll position your seed. The Lord says, I'll position your heritage. And your people are going to raise up uh, God-Jesus-honoring people Of wealth and resource around the world I'm telling you, God's got you in the right place And he's going to keep you in the right place So trust his leadership Your positioning is perfect in life Come on, somebody give God A hand clap How many are thankful? Somebody say right place, right time Come on, say right place, right time I'm telling you, you're in the right place at the right time. Now, I want to prophesy about the church. How many of y'all are pumped about that new church building? What a work of God! What a work of grace, man! That 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 mound up there—that's a space of grace. Lives are going to be changed on that mound. Come on, our babies are going to be dedicated on that mound. Our sons and daughters are going to get married on that mound, aren't they? Your grandchildren are going to get filled with the Spirit on that mount. God's going to change the city and not just the city. He's going to change the state from that place. That's a place of grace. Now hear the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord says that there were people that would disavow there were people that would discredit there were people that would say a group like you will stay in the woods and never be known never be seen, never be felt they said your voice would remain small and that no one would hear you but the Lord says I called you even as I called David when he was but a shepherd boy out tending his father's sheep, no one saw him but my eyes run to and fro throughout the earth and I saw him and I drew him and I called him to myself and I took my hand and I put it upon him and I lift him up. And even as you spent years in the wilderness feeling as though your voice had not yet been heard, the Spirit of God said you were formed and you were shaped and you were made and molded like clay in my hand. And now is the time that I have come with my signet ring, says the Lord. I have taken my signet ring and I have stamped this church with my approval. And the eyes of the nation, the eyes of the state, the eyes of those in high political office will take notice of my stamp. My authority will flow. People will come to you in the night, says the Lord. They will come to you in the daytime, says the Lord. Those that you would never think would darken the door of this type of church will come and run and ask for the wisdom of God. And God says salvations will come for the children of key political leaders in your state. Salvations will come to even those who have opposed you, hate your view, don't like what you say, what you preach, what you stand for. Their kids will be washed in my blood and it will cause a great rending in their family for a period of time but I the Lord will be in the midst of it and I will mend and I will heal and I will bring people to their knees and everyone will know that my authority is here come on somebody God's going to work a great work he's going to work a great work he's going to work a great work he already has he already has he already has anybody happy to be in God's house Hey, I'm looking. I don't know if he's in here or not, but I'm looking for a uh there was a young military guy that was on the men's retreat with us. Uh Cody, is that his name? He he's, is Cody in here? Cody, Cody, where are you? Is Cody working somewhere? Where 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 is he, huh? Your wife's here? Okay, wife's here. All right. Let me let me uh let me let me prophesy about Cody. This will be this will be Taped and I'll prophesy to you, too, if you're married to the man. Cody Cody is a guy that the, the glory of God, the grace of God, and like the Joseph kind of thing is on his life. God's going to use him as a bridge. Use your family as a bridge. Now, I'll tell you what he's going to do with you. He's going to lift you up and raise you up to another level. And your family's going to do things like this. You're going to bridge the church and the military and the business realm together in the future in your life. And I'm telling you, there's a grace that's going to come upon you and an oil that's going to come upon you where there will be no lack in your future, and it won't be a lack. There won't be lack of resources, but there, there, there won't be lack of joy, and there won't be lack of grace, and there won't be lack of peace, and there won't be lack of wholeness. God says there's going to be an absolute wholeness, and His hands on you in a special way, and on your, on your husband Cody. I'm telling you, God's favor on you, God's hand is on you, and God's going to do supernatural things. He's going to move from the inside out. Uh, you're going to have, you're going to have a family that's going to glorify God in such a way, the world's going to look at you, and they're going to say, I want to be strong like they are strong. You'll hear it said, I want to be strong like they are strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Somebody say amen, 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 amen. Uh, if you haven't been around prophecy, I know you have. Your pastor's a powerful prophet. Powerful prophet. You have powerful prophets. I'm, I'm a preacher. Uh, hey, can I prophesy to you, ma'am, right there? Right there? Yes. Yes, ma'am. You? Um, I, I noticed, Um, I just turned around. I, I was scanning the crowd to see what I'm to do in the gifts of the Spirit. You ever want well, preachers? Sometimes everybody will be worshiping, and we're, like, looking at the crowd, and you're, like, what's up with that guy? You know, why is he not worshiping? I'm trying to see what I'm supposed to do. But uh, you, caught, you caught my eye. And uh, you smiled, and I like people that smile, don't you? Come on, turn to your neighbor and smile real big like something's wrong with you. Come on, now smile real big, right? Huh? Smile, smile puts the defense down, right? Smile's like, hey, this person's for me and not against me. And you smiled, and I hear the Spirit of God say that his, his smile, his favor, his face is smiling back at you there's a brand new favor, Luke 2.52. You'll increase in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. There's a brand new favor, a brand new smile on your life or some sort of new assignment. It may be right around the corner. It may be here now. I don't know. But I'm telling you, the favor of God, the favor of God, the favor of God is on you in a brand new way. So receive God's smile. Receive God's grace. And walk into it with a confidence My Lord, when God smiles on you, what does it matter if the world frowns at you? There's a smile, right? And if God's smiling, if God be for me, who in the world could be against me? Come on, somebody give God a hand clap, a hand clap, a hand clap, a hand clap. Praise the Lord. Glory of God's here. Praise the Lord. Come on, somebody praise the Lord. Glory of God's here pray Somebody ought to praise the Lord. The glory of God's here. The glory of God's here. Lift up your hands and receive it. Be filled afresh and anew with the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. Glory of God's here. Glory of God's here. If you pray in the Spirit, start praying in the Spirit right now, right now, right now. Hey! If you don't have a prayer language, release one now, 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 now. now. Be filled, be filled, be filled, be filled, be filled, be filled. Joy of the Lord is our strength. There's some of you battling depression. You're battling depression. It's like a darkness has come around you, like the darkness that can show up in your landscape here. You've been trying to claw your way out of it, but you haven't been able to get out by yourself. You know, there's some battles we don't win by ourselves. Come on, somebody. There's a lot of military people in the room. and I love you and I appreciate you. Come on, give them all a hand clap. We'll never take a knee. We don't ever take a knee. I love you, I appreciate you. But you people know you need each other. You were trained, right? If everybody's not doing their job, people die. I'm telling you, we all need help. How many of you have ever just needed help? Man, I'm a preacher and I need help. I'm like, pray for me, prophesy to me, throw holy water on me, do something for me, man. Help me. Amen? Help me. God's going to help lift you out of darkness. He's going to lift you out of depression. Right, Right now, I'm telling you, it's here. You're going to walk out of here different. Some of you haven't felt the sun on your face in months. When you walk out of here, you're going to feel the sun on your face. Even on a dreary day, you'll feel the sun on your face. Man, if that's you, lift a hand to heaven right there where you are. We're going to break those chains right there. People around them, just put your hand on their shoulder. Now I'll tell you what. Come to this altar right now. Go ahead and come to this altar. We're going to break it off right now. Come, 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 come. Come quickly. 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 I'm going to preach in a minute, but I'm telling you, come quickly. Something's happening. Come on. Don't tarry. Don't tarry. Don't tarry. Rabbi, preachers come help me. Pastors come help me. I break depression off of you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I break it off of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Off of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Off of you in the name of Jesus. 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 Rabbi, I break it, I break it, I break it, I'm breaking, I break it. I break it, I break it, I break it, I'm breaking, I break it, I'm breaking. I raba ba 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 ra ba ba ra ba 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 ra ba Oh say ba-ba-ba-ba-ra-ba ba-ba-ra-ba-ba ba 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 ra ba ba joy 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 come on somebody clap your hands for joy 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 Did I miss somebody oh, come on I break it off of your life I break it off, of your, li- break it off of your life I break it off your life I break it off your life in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus we about ready to preach in here Huh? it's about ready to preach. we about ready to preach in here should we preach in here should we preach in here come on who's got migraines you deal with migraines you deal with migraines pastor Chris lay your hands on him right now you deal with migraines lift your hand high you deal with migraines lift your hand high right here deal with migraines Deal with migraines. Come, Deal with migraines. All right. Come right over here. Pastors, lay your hands on them as they come. Quickly, quickly, quickly. I'm telling you that migraines are going. You, you you, deal with migraines? You do? Okay. Some of you have to take that medicine. They, I'm telling you, I'm not against medicine, but I'm telling you, some of you aren't going to need it anymore. You're not going to. I break those migraines. Shh. Raha. Hey. 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 Be, healed. be healed, be healed, be healed, be healed, be healed. No, you no, all no. shiki. Right here, right here, right here, right here. Shhh. 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 Brand new mind, brand new mind, brand new brain. In Jesus, mighty, mighty name. In Jesus name. Healing, 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 healing. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, come on, somebody give God one more hand clap. Do you guys want to sit down? Uh-huh. Hey, turn to your neighbor, tell him you look like you've lost 20 pounds. Just tell him that, huh? Like you've lost 20 pounds. Man, so many of you guys are eating keto around here. You look like you've lost 70 pounds or something like that. I'm feeling a little uh, self-conscious up here. I'm so glad you're here. How many of y'all love the church of the Lord Jesus Christ? I love. I love the church. How many of y'all are thankful that the church ransomed you out of darkness? Man, I'll tell you, I walked into a church 20 years ago. I was a freebase methamp junkie. Compulsive gambler. Just a train wreck looking for somewhere to go. Now I walked into a house of worship much like this. And I'm telling you, the glory of God grabbed a hold of me. I got saved and filled with the Spirit. And I got the devil cast out of me. I got my mind renewed. I got cleaned up in life. God gave me a wife better than I deserve. Gave me a family. Called me into the ministry. Pulled me out of a crank shack. And I'm telling you what, I'm living the blessed life. And it's all because of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, you're sitting in here with the greatest people on earth. Just turn to your neighbors. Tell them, I love the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, you can be seated for one moment. Be seated for one moment. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. It's a great friend of mine. Pastor's one of the greatest churches in Kentucky. Growing unbelievably quick. Hey, he took it with 50 people. 49 of them hated each other whenever he took it. It was, it was a wonderful place to go to church. And he's grown it. In a community of 2,500 people, he's got 500 people on Sunday morning. Somebody give God a hand clap. Man of God, dear friend of mine, I love your pastors. Your pastors are some of the finest people in America. I'll tell you, finest people in America. One of the finest preachers in America. He can preach, he can prophesy, he can dance. Like, we got to get him on Dancing with the Stars or something. I don't know. You got moves, brother. You got moves like Jaggers, what you got. I'm telling you what, you got it going on. And uh, he can sing, and he's got this voice. I'm a little jealous of him. I want a voice like that. But I love uh, Casey. I love Dr. Morocco. He's he almost he's treated me. Dr. Morocco has treated me like a son, and uh, has imparted into my life, and has pastored me, and asked me probing questions about who I am and what I do. And I love him like a father. Known him five or six years, I have, the, I have the greatest respect for Dr. Morocco. When I grow up, I want to be like Doc. That's what I'll say it like that. One of these days, I'm going to grow up and I want to be like Doc. But I want to talk to you a little bit. Pastor, Pastor Daniel asked me to talk to you about my life message. And my life message is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love the church. Without the church, we have nothing. And I'm telling you, here's what you got to know about the church. God's plan on the earth Is the church that you're setting in right now? God's plan for redemption, God's plan for help, God's plan for humanity is the church. Jesus is building one thing on this earth Jesus is building his church. And there's a lot of people that say things like this. They say, You might have heard them say it before in the past. They say, I love Jesus, but I don't like the what do they say? The church. I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. It is impossible to separate Jesus from his church. Jesus is the bridegroom, and the church is the bride. We are the bride of Christ. Come on, somebody ought to give our bridegroom a hand clap this morning. We are the plan. We are what he has for us. We're the bride of Christ. And the church is the answer to the world's problems. That's why the devil fights against the church so hard. Whenever we are who we're supposed to be and function the way we're supposed to function, we become an unstoppable force. I want you to open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to start reading in one moment. Now I'm going to take you on a journey with Jesus. And the great thing about going on a journey with Jesus is that Jesus doesn't take you to a Bible bookstore. Come on, somebody. Jesus doesn't take you to a faith convention. Jesus doesn't take you to a big college. I I graduated from ORU, but Jesus didn't take his disciples to ORU. Let me tell you where Jesus took his disciples. He took them to the red light district in Amsterdam. He took them to the prostitution district in Bangkok. He took them to Mardi Gras on Fat Tuesday. Now, surely Jesus wouldn't ask you to go somewhere like that. Well, let me take you on a road trip with Jesus in Matthew chapter 16. Are you there? If you're there, go ahead and say, "Uh Uh uh-huh. All right, here's what it says. We'll start in verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, Some Elijah, And others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my what? Come on. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was the Christ. You know, us pastors, we have a way to disseminate information without saying it from the pulpit. See how Jesus at the end, he told them to tell no one. That he was the Christ. I'll pick out a few people in the church and I'll tell them something that's coming. And then I'll tell them, whatever you do, don't tell anybody about this. And by next Sunday, the whole church knows and they do the work for me. Come on, somebody. Wisdom is better than the weapons of war. How many of you got a friend like that? It's like telephone, telegram, telebob. He'll tell everybody. Come on. Hey, so Jesus told them not to save. And they all know. He takes them up to Caesarea Philippi. If you were to go with your pastor... If you were to go with them, if I get a little more monitor right here. If you were to go with your pastor to Israel, you would go to the place that Jesus has taken them. Takes them up to Caesarea Philippi. It's up in the northern part of Israel. If you've ever heard the proverb, it's written in the Bible, from Dan to Beersheba. It's from the north to the south. And up at the top of Israel is where the fountainhead of the Jordan River is. If you were to go to Caesarea Philippi, you would see a massive rock wall. It's this wicked-looking cliff. And at the bottom of this cliff, there's a gigantic, gnarly-looking cave. Looks like something out of a, 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 a Steven Spielberg movie or some sort of, sort of horror movie. And then back in Jesus' days, the water rolled out of that cave. And that's where the Jordan started. Can you imagine seeing something like that 2,000 years ago? Massive cliff, massive cave, looks like a mouth on a monster, water rolling out of it. It became a place that the pagan people, they thought it was a mystical place, they thought it was a, a divine place, and they began to worship there. They set up altars there. They literally called it the gates of hell, and what they believed was that the spirits would come up out of Hades. They would come up out of hell whenever the spring would happen, and that's why the grass would grow Whenever the winter came around, they thought that they went back down through that cave and they went into the underworld and then the world stopped flourishing at that moment. And so they began to set up pagan altars at Caesarea Philippi. You see, no good little boy or girl, no good little Christian would take their Sunday school class there. You didn't get together your youth group as a Jew and take them up to Caesarea Philippi. The women's uh, group from the church, they didn't go up there for a Beth Moore conference. That's not where they were held. What happened up at Caesarea Philippi was that there were three altars. Everybody say three. There was an altar to Pan. Pan was the god of sensuality. Sex and everything that was perverse. How many of y'all think that there's uh, an altar to Pan that's been built in our country right now? That there's an altar to everything sensual. There was another altar up there that was an altar to Caesar. You ever heard of the Mark of the Beast? If you were going to buy and sell 2,000 years ago in the Roman Empire, you had to burn an offering to Caesar before you could shop. They had an altar up there to Caesar. Government always wants to take the place of God. Thank God we live in the greatest nation on earth. Somebody give God a hand clap to be in America. It's powerful. I love it. I'm all American. But how many know a greater government is coming? It's the government of the kingdom of God. We're going to put the government on his shoulders. Somebody say amen to that. There was a third altar up there. And that third altar was an altar that was built to Zeus. He was a God of pride and a God of power. Everything that's wicked, everything that's defiled, everything that's wrong with our culture today, it's symbolized at Caesarea Philippi. Caesarea Philippi is my favorite place in the world. I have two favorite places in the world. One is Caesarea Philippi right there at the gates of hell. I like to drink my coffee looking at hell, and I like to feel hell looking back at me. And I want to see just how big old boy are you. You might be a tough guy. Let's find out. How many of of y'all aren't afraid of the devil? Come on, somebody. I've got little kids. i got three of them. We've been telling them since they were born. We're like, you eat devils for breakfast. Come on, somebody. I'm not afraid of the devil. And we say, there's no fear here. Somebody say, no fear here. See, I love the gates of hell. Then there's another place I love behind my mama's house. Was raised in Kentucky. There's one 50-acre field right behind my mother's house. It's green and lush. And every now and then I'll look out there and there'll be a couple of hundred head of perfect matching black Angus cattle. I think that's what heaven is going to look like in the future. Come on, somebody. Say amen. Everyone matching. Everyone perfect. Caesaree Philippi. Jesus takes these guys up to Caesaree Philippi. He walks them around there. Defiled place. They got to wonder what they're doing there. He turns around and he asks, he says, Who do men say that I am? They say, Some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're one of the prophets, some think you're John the Baptist resurrected from the dead. But then he makes it personal. It's not enough for who do they say that I am? How many of y'all recognize that they say all kinds of things now? You ever heard that? Somebody ever come to you and say, Well, they're all saying, They say. How about they all think? You know, I found out after pastoring for 15, 16 to 20 years, somewhere in there, that they is typically one person, their spouse, and one friend. And you gotta learn to put they in they place so they don't mess up your life. Come on, somebody. So he says, it's not about, it's not about what they say. He turns around and he says, Who do you say that I am? And he answers and he says, You're Jesus. You're the Messiah. You're the Son of the living God. Come on. How many of y'all believe that he is the Messiah? He is the Son of the living God. How many of y'all believe he is the healer? How many of y'all believe he is the provider? How many of y'all believe he is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit? How many of y'all believe he's the soon-coming King? Come on. He's the Messiah. He is the Son of the living God. Peter makes the confession. Jesus stops and says, Blessed. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Flesh and blood had not revealed this to you, but my Father is in heaven. And I call you Peter, and upon this rock, upon this understanding you have, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. See, God's plan is His church. Some people say, I don't know what God's doing on the earth. I can tell you exactly what God's doing on the earth today. Look at your neighbor and say he's building his church. Just tell him that. Say he's building his church in Owensboro, Kentucky right now. He's building his church in Amarillo, Texas right now. He's building his church in Beijing, China right now. Come on, somebody. He's building his church in Moscow, Russia right now. He's building his church in Wasilla, Alaska right now. And the next time we check, he'll be doing the same thing. He says, I am the Lord, I change not. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, you cannot separate Jesus from his church. Jesus is the bridegroom. We are the bride. Now, my wife happens to be a tremendous preacher girl, and uh, we've been married now for 18 years. We have three children. Her father took me in years ago. faith-based drug program. kind of took me in as a project. He's the guy that discipled me, cast the devil out of me, got me filled with the Spirit, man, led me and and molded me and shaped me. And to pay him back for everything he did for me, I ran off with his daughter two years later because that's the kind of guy I am. Watch your purse is all I got to say. Come on, somebody. And um, she's this incredible preacher girl. And right now... Uh, she's preaching in Amarillo, Texas. A lot of times, one week I'll preach in Kentucky. She'll be in Amarillo. We swap, and then we'll be together. But she's a, she's an incredible minister of the Word of God. I love my wife. You know how many of y'all are thankful for your spouse, man? If what if it wasn't for my spouse, what would I do? I can't even get dressed without my spouse. I'm like, I'm like, I walk out of the house now. Some of you guys, you know what I'm talking about. I'm married and I got two dollars, and I'll put my clothes on and I'll think I'm looking good. And I come walking out to drink my coffee, and they're like, oh no, you go back to your room right now. You're not going out. You're not going out of the house looking like that, you know? So, so it, it's, they feed me, they, they clothe me. I can't even get home anymore by myself. How many of you men gave up picking the restaurant like 25 years ago? You can't pick a restaurant. You're like, where do you want to go? You, you, know, you know you're know you going where she wants to go, right? And um, I love her. That's why I let her dress me. That's why I let her feed me. That's why I let her tell me not to eat that next French fry. Put it down. You know, I, I love her. And here's the deal. What if you were to come to me and to say this? Brian, I like you. It's your wife I can't stand. How many know it's on like Donkey Kong, right? That's what a lot of Christians do with the church, and they don't understand that they're offending the Ancient of Days. Because how many of y'all know the church isn't perfect? There's some problems in here, and they're sitting by you. They're called people. Come on, somebody. They don't make any perfect ones. They made one perfect one and we killed him. How many are thankful we allow imperfect people in KC Wasilla and we got a hospital for the hurting and the broken and you don't have to be right to come in here. We love you. We're for you. We're not against you. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, a lot of people have an idea whenever you say the word church. You come from a culture. You have an idea. You have a thought. When you say church, many of you were raised in different backgrounds. You came from different kinds of churches, right? I was raised in Kentucky, and the area that I come from was heavily influenced by the Baptists, uh, Methodists, Cumberland Presbyterians. So when I think of church, I think of a brick building with a steeple. Come on, bell rings at noon. Maybe I think of a little white country church, too. There was a lot of those around. Uh, Got the white siding and the steeple. I think about the pews. I I even know the songs they're going to play in there. At the end, the preacher's going to stand up, give a salvation altar call, and they're going to play just as I am for, like, eternity, trying to get somebody to come get saved. How many of y'all were raised in a Baptist church like that? You know what I'm talking about out there. Come on, God bless the Baptists. I love them. I'm for them. I'm friends with so many Baptist preachers. Some of you were raised in a Catholic church. So when I say church, you think Catholic. I preach in Kentucky in an Irish Catholic town. I love Irishmen. If you can keep them from getting drunk and trying to kill each other, you've got the greatest church members in the world. They've been killing each other for a thousand years. There's just fight wired in their DNA, right? The fighting Irish. That's who I pastor. Those are my people. And when you say church to a Catholic Irishman, he thinks about a beautiful, classy building. Man, sometimes I got to admit, I covet some of their buildings because I want to take one of those buildings and I want to put a tongue-talking Holy Spirit, man, power of God, prophesying, preaching the word church in one of those. I want one of them someday. And um, how many of you were raised Catholic? Let me see your hands. you raised Catholic. If I say peace unto you, what are you going to say back to me and also to you? You know the drill. It's what you think about when you say Church. Now, my wife's dad was a healing evangelist. He pastored a faith church. She was raised in the bowels of the Pentecostal charismatic movement. And whenever you say church to her, she's talking pew running, flag waving. You better get down low because you might get your head taken off. You're talking about all kinds of stuff happening, five-hour services. That's what she thinks about whenever you say church to her. But when Jesus said church 2,000 years ago, nobody thought about any of that. As a matter of fact, the word he used was the Greek word ekklesia. Come on, everybody say that out loud, ekklesia. It's taught you a $100 theological word. My dad paid a lot of money for me to learn that word in college. That's about all I learned. And uh, here's the deal about the ekklesia. It comes from Greek government. The Greeks were some of the first people to ever really have a democracy. And what the ecclesia was in Jesus' day, the Romans adopted it after the Greeks, and then the, the emperors perverted it and changed it. But they were one of the first democracies. And what the ecclesia was were the called out ones. And so they had almost like a Senate or a House of Representatives. And they would pick out people, they would call people out of culture to sit on the ecclesia. And when they sat on the ecclesia, they now were in governing power and authority over Greece and Rome. So they would go to different areas and they would pick people out to be on the Ecclesia. Will you help me today, sir? Come on up here with me. I'm sorry to single you out. He, so it's like this. They call. They pick somebody out to be on the Ecclesia. And then there would be a sacred assembly. You could stand right here. How many you are thankful that you were called out of darkness and you are now a part of the sacred assembly? They, they, would, they would pick people out. Come on, brother. You just made. You just made the cut. You're on the ecclesia. Go up there and stand beside him. I need. I need. I need a, a lady. Come on up here. Will you be a part of the ecclesia today? Come on up here and stand up. Called out and assembled together. Ma'am, will you help me up here? Will you go stand right, right over here, right here, ma'am? Come help me. By the way, there, there's some like answers to prayer that's coming your way big time. I saw it in worship. I don't know what it is or what it is, but there's like some answers. You've been knocking, you've been seeking, you've been asking, and God says, hey, I'm releasing the answer. It comes quickly, says the Lord. Now, now I praise the Lord. You can go be a part of the ecclesia. Um, I, need, I need somebody else right here. Who am I going to pick on? They're like, God, please don't let that preacher call me up there. This is like, some of you have nightmares about this. It's like, these are going to make me go on stage. Uh, I would have I ran for the hills. Will you help me, sir, right there? Uh, you're the guy hiding from me, too. Right now, I got you. I appreciate you, man. You look like somebody from my part of the world. Uh, you're from up here. You guys are like, where, or, where are you from? You guys are like Kentucky and Texas guys. Except y'all have bigger animals to contend with. You know what I mean? We're not as tough as you. Um, so, yeah, that's right. That's what he said. So, so, Here's the deal. Let's say this is now the Ecclesia. Rome adopted this policy during Jesus' day. During Jesus' day, there's Pax Romana, the rule of Rome. And so every time Rome would conquer an area, and they were good at it, they conquered everyone. They would send in an Ecclesia, their own Ecclesia. And whatever these people decided would happen in the area, it happened. Whenever a road needed to be built, you know who made the decision on building the roads? The Ecclesia. Whenever there was legislation that needed to be written and passed, do you know who wrote the legislation and passed it? Come on, somebody. Whenever there were lawbreakers and evildoers, wicked men in the region that were wrecking harm, do you know who who decided their fate in the future? See a lot of us think that the church is supposed to be just some little group of people singing songs and meeting together but Jesus said I will build my group of power brokers they will be in charge of every region the government will not control them they will control the government I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it we are supposed to be in charge Come on somebody So so it's not we got it all backwards a lot of people think, man, we're gonna get ours in heaven, and I believe it's gonna be great. I'm gonna to go to heaven. But we're supposed to be in charge on earth before we go there. So I tell my sons and my daughters, I tell them, wherever you go, you got a voice in the gates of the city. I'm telling you what, there's nobody in there. You're humble. But I'm telling you, there's nobody in the room with more authority or power than you. You're a child of the Most High God. You're a part of the ecclesia. We're the people that lend and we don't borrow. We're not the people that ask permission. We're the people that give permission. That's what the ecclesia was. I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, when you look at church like that, does it look different than what you've had in your mind in the past, you know what God wants to do in Wasilla, Alaska? He wants to build his ecclesia, his body of power, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Come on, give him a hand clap. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you so much. Come on, somebody. Come on, he's going to build his church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. He's be- life. So if you'll be a part of building it, I'm telling you what, he'll take you to a whole new level in life. He'll lift you and raise you. He'll bless your children. He'll mend your body. He'll give you miracles. He'll give you ideas. He'll let you establish my God. He'll release an apostolic anointing unlike it's ever been felt in Alaska. I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it started my church down where the bars were. I like to be around filthy people. Somebody say amen. huh? Jesus isn't afraid of the dark. I'm not afraid of the dark. You ever have people and stuff and then apologize to you when they find out you're a Christian? The funniest story, I used to be a caddy when I was in college. Carried golf bags for money. I'd carry two at a time. Sometimes I would do two rounds a day, eight hours. Tough work. But I was a good caddy. I learned. I loved to golf. I'd make more money. I made more money caddying. The more they drank, the bigger they tipped. And I made more money caddying than I made my first five years preaching. And I remember caddying one day. I'm with this guy. We go walking down the, the first hole. He looks over at me. and he says, hey, Brian, you want to drink a beer? And I say, no, man. I'm solid. Thank you, though. I appreciate it. I'll have a water. We get to the third hole. He pulls out a flask. He takes a hit of bourbon. He says, hey, Brian, you want a shot of bourbon? And I said, No, man, I'm solid. Thank you. You know, do, do whatever you have, but I got my water. Thank you. We got on the back nine. He looks over at me and he says, Hey, Brian, you want to smoke a joint? And uh, I'm like, No, man, smoke them if you got them, but I'm out right now. You know, I'm just caddying today. I need to be able to read putts. And so I'm loading this bag up when we're done after 18. And he looks over at me and says, Brian, what are you going to school for? I said, Well, I'm going to theology school, and he says, you know, I was just kidding about that joint, man. I was just playing about that. I want, I want, I want to tell you the truth. But listen, church isn't here to judge everybody. Church is here to win everybody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Church is here to win everybody. I'm not here to judge you, I'm here to win you. That's what I'm here to do. How much time do I got, guys? Help me out over here. Let me tell you very quickly what we got. We done land the plane? Land the plane. I'll land the plane. But I'll tell you what, tonight, what time we start? Six o'clock. Just let me finish with this one thing. Preachers can do this for 72 hours, solid. Just one more thing. We're great at taking off. It's landing that we have a hard time with as preachers. You know, when you're a part of the church, part of the ecclesia and you really care, you've set yourself up in the miracle zone now you've aligned with God's plan his promise and his purpose God has a reason to bless you now I'm going to tell you God'll move heaven and earth on your behalf started a little bitty church downtown Owensboro Kentucky me and Jesse went there we didn't know anybody had no money nothing but a Bible go there and we start preaching finally I got a little broken down bar a guy that had it he got he got pop dealing X and and uh, coke out of it And I thought, what a great place to have a church. How many of y'all like the idea of turning a tavern into a tabernacle? Come on, somebody. So so we made it a church. We had a little bitty church, so we had a little bitty budget. And I bought a little bitty sign. It's all I could afford. And I hung it over that door. And And the city came and put this massive banner on a light pole in front of my church and in front of my little bitty banner. And you couldn't even see it anymore. It was totally gone. I mean, I come driving down uh, Allen Street. and You can't even see my churches there because they've hung this massive banner up. And I saw it, and, man, I was ticked off. I was really just about cussing mad. Now, I pull around to the back of the church, and I park. And I didn't pray. I didn't fast. I didn't prophesy. I didn't proclaim. I just thought. I thought, and I kind of wished, I guess, if you want to call it that. I'm like, man, I wish that banner wasn't out there in front of my church sign. You can't even see it. So I walk in the back of the church. There are a couple of boys that were in there staying in the decks. And all of a sudden, I hear this crazy loud crash outside. These two guys that are staying in the decks, they come running back to where I am, and they say, Pastor, Pastor, you're never going to believe what happened. I'm like, what, what, what is it? He said, some guy in a U-Haul just came barreling around the corner, lost control of his truck, hit that big pole with the Discover down." down banner on it and knocked it down flat and in one second God moved the mountain that was breaking my heart I'm going to tell you you get wired into the church God's got a reason to move your mountain now some of your mountains had not been moved because you had not given God a reason to move it just yet man everybody said who when I said that that must have been good I got to remember they write that down come on some of your mountains haven't been moved she so have not given God a reason to move them yet. You hook up with this man of God in this church, God will give you, you'll be giving God a reason to move them. Come on, he's going to build his church. I'm out of time. Stand up on your feet. I'm going to pray for you. Pastor's going to take it. Stand up on your feet. Stand up on your feet. We'll do it again tonight. Stand up on your feet. Come on, Father, Father, I pray right now for a revelation of the church. I pray, lift your hands to heaven. I pray right now. For a revelation and a love, not just for Jesus. We love you, Jesus. It's your church. You you, you created this church. You own this church. You're the the bridegroom. You're You're the faithful pastor and the faithful shepherd. It's just an honor to be a part of your flock, to be a part of your ecclesia. What an honor. God brought us out from being crankheads and crackheads, Pastor. Put us in charge in parts of the ecclesia. My Lord, what an honor, an undeserved honor. It's grace of God that any of us are here he called us out of the darkest places he called us out of, out of all sorts of stuff we don't even want to say them out loud and he put us in, in the body of Christ washed us and cleansed us Father thank you for your love thank you for your love and your mercy to each and every one of us now I want you to know if you're out there God's the God of mercy he's the God of grace God of grace. I'm telling you you're not in there by accident Jesus is the one building the church But Jesus also died for the church. We got a shepherd that was slaughtered in our place. The Bible says none is righteous, no, not one. All sin falls short of the glory of God. How many of y'all would admit, man, you've sinned. Come on. You fall short of the glory of God. I'll tell you what, we need a Savior. There's a Savior. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. It's a wonderful name. There's no other name like it. It's a name that will change your existence. It will change your family. It's changed history. The name of Jesus has marked the timeline of human history. and It wants to mark the timeline of your life right now. You know, the Bible says that the blood of Jesus was spilled on the cross for our sin. To pay for what we did. We did the crime. He did the time. The Bible says that if we'll confess our sins, repent of them. Call on the name of the Lord, we'll be saved. We'll be forgiven. We'll have a brand new start. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're out there and you say, Pastor, I need that in my life. I need that. I need that in my life. Pastor, I need that. I need forgiveness. I need a fresh start. I need to be born again. If that's you, whenever I count to three, I want you to lift your hand right where you are. Don't put it off. Don't wait till tomorrow. This is your moment. God brought you here for this reason. Just lift your hand right where you are when I count to three. God's going to do a miracle in your heart. One, don't put it off. 2 Come on, this is your moment. Now, three, lift up your hand to heaven right now. Pastor, pray for me. I need Jesus, or I need a restoration. I need a rededication in my life. I see that hand, and that hand, and that hand, and that hand, and that hand. Come on, come on. I know. Don't let it go by. Come on, just lift your hand. Lift your heart up with your hand right now. God's going to save you, forgive you. I want to lead you in a prayer to connect to God. Anyone else have one more moment for you? Don't let it go by. Those of you that have lifted your hand here, I want you to meet me at this altar. I want to lead you in a prayer. God's going to cleanse you. God's going to forgive you. God's going to give you a brand new start. I'm telling you, I want you to come out of your seats. Come right here, and I'm going to pray for you. Come right here. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Come, come on, come. come. There'll be others coming with you. As they come. Go ahead and come. Come, come. You raised God, your hand or you, you didn't. You know you need to be up you here. Come right now. Come on, come. God's going to forgive you. God's come on, going to come. come. Cleanse you. God's not mad at you. God's for you and not against you. He's not shaking his fist at you. Come on, come. Put your hands together. He's calling you. Come to the altar. God's going to change your existence. Leaders. Come on, there's one more moment for you. If you're out there and you know you need to be at that altar, don't let it pass you by. There's one more moment for you. Go ahead and come. 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 I know. I know. You got a moment. I know. I know. Without a shadow of a doubt. There's. Come on. Go go ahead and come. Go ahead and come. Come on. Come on. You can take that step. I know you're there. Come on, y'all. Give my hand clap as he comes. I'm glad you're here. You're good looking, young man. You're good looking like me. Do you know that? Uh-huh. I'm glad you're all here. God brought you here. God brought you here. Man, God brought him here. I'm going to lead you into prayer. We'll give you some words to pray. You're going to give it the meaning. The church is going to pray out loud with you, okay? We're going to pray together. I want you to say, I'll give you the words. You say them loud enough that, that you can hear them. We're going to pray to Jesus and he's going to forgive you. His spirit's coming into your heart. He's going to change you. Church, we're going to pray out loud with him. Say this out loud to the Father. Say, Father, I'm a sinner. I live for myself. I did my own thing. I sinned. But today, I repent of my sin. I turn from my sin to Jesus. I believe on His death, on His burial, on His resurrection. For my salvation, come into my heart. Save me. Forgive me. Fill me with your spirit afresh and anew in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Amen.
1: Now you guys just look at me for a moment. We're going to take about three minutes of your time. We're going to continue to do some stuff up in here. Give me three minutes, all right? Just three minutes turn around and look at this good-looking guy right here. Pastor Vince, Pastor Vince, would you lead them right out into the lobby area? There'll be others that are coming with you now, please. Pastor Barry, would you help over there? Come on, you can do a little bit better than that. Put your hands together for these. Glory to God. All right, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're going to go ahead and receive a love offering for our guests. What a service! My, my, my! What a great service. Going to flow in the Holy Ghost, the power of the gifts of the Spirit tonight. You don't want to miss that. Service will be at 6. Let's go ahead. Ushers, help us out. Can we do that breakthrough thing? Good. I like that new song. And if you go ahead and shut those doors to the lobby, that'd be tremendous. Thank you so much. See what they're doing out there. Is they're just going to teach them how to grow in the things of God invite them to our, what's called a growth track and find out how to walk in this life of authority and power, how to walk in the joy and peace and the best things that God has for us. It's not instantaneous any more than a brand new baby could run a marathon. I mean, you know, babies can't run marathons. They need to, they need to get fed, trained, grow up. When we come to Christ, we're new creations, yes, we're born again, but really, you're like little babies in Christ, whether they recommitted their life or they gave their life to the Lord for the first time, you got to get discipled, and that's what we're all about, amen, what a great word, the ecclesia, Woo, church, wonderful, the entirety of this offering will go to our guest, he could be anywhere, really, and uh, he took time out of it, I mean, you're pastoring two churches, he took time to come up here. Because I know he's got something to deposit. Amazing weekend we have with the men. What amazing two services this morning. One more service. Don't miss it tonight. Ushers, would you come, please? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the revelation of the Ecclesia, revelation of the church, the Nios, the dwelling place of God, called out to 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 turn the hearts of men towards you to reach the god to reach the lost, preach the gospel, disciple, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Thank you. For the deposit that you've made this morning the prophetic words that were spoken over our church over individual lives all that you'll do even tonight we thank you ahead of time and those that gave their hearts to you jesus in the first service now in the second we don't take it for granted we don't take your power your presence your word for granted or your servants now bless the gift and the giver multiply it a hundred times a hundredfold. i pray in jesus name amen ushers go ahead Coming. By faith I see a miracle My God made me a promise and it won't stop now We're going to dismiss in a moment I know breakthrough is coming By faith I see a miracle My God made me a promise and it won't Come stop now Come on, say now. that with a I know a breakthrough is coming I know breakthrough, breakthrough is coming Beautiful, sing it again. I know breakthrough. Oh, you can be a little louder. Come on, a little louder with everything you got. Sing it. Hey, y'all. One
0: more time.
1: We thank you for what you've done today, what you're going to do tonight, what you did over the weekend. We thank you that we are the church of the living God. And as we live, as we declare, as we decree, there is a great court in heaven. You are the judge of all. You're the supreme judge of all the supreme judges. And you're on your throne. And you defeated hell, death, and the grave. And we thank and declare that the gates of hell shall not prevail. It does mean that there's a war, but it also means that we win and we pick up our God-given blood-bought right, the authority that You've given us today, and we declare the kingdom of God is at hand. We declare that Your plan, Your will is coming about, Lord, for our lives, for our family, for our state, for our nation, even for the nations of the earth. We declare, Lord, that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in every nation, every tribe, and every tongue, and then You will return. We look for Your glorious appearance, and until then, we will occupy, we will declare your truth in this land and everywhere that we go. We thank you for what you've done today. Lord, let us live in this revelation of the called out, anointed, blood-washed host, to Ecclesia. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Put your hands together for God. Let me bless you. We'll see you tonight. Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us, O God. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace.